0: Welcome to the 15 Minute Pain Experience podcast. I am your host Dina Trippolis, the chief curator and pain coach at Pain to Possibilities, where we have been transforming pain experiences since 2018. Visit us at paintopossibilities.com if you'd like to learn more. If you're listening on Apple Play or Spotify, please be sure to give us a rating and to subscribe for more content on chronic pain self-care management. is a holistic nutritionist yoga teacher essential oils educator and co-owner of balance point health center in oakville ontario canada through her own health challenges linda learned that the mainstream medical model doesn't always provide all the answers through persistence and a drive to find root cause she learned that healing is possible when one gets proactive and then takes a mind body and spirit approach she is the author of a book called stress less about pms and is passionate about helping women balance their hormones she currently educates other women and men on how to incorporate healthier habits into their lives and how to lead a more natural and toxin-free lifestyle she was also featured on living a better life podcast where she spoke about inflammation and h pylori and on sandy k nutrition She is mom to two boys and is often found in her spare time hiking with her family, feeding her hungry boys, and educating her customers. In this episode, we will be exploring the vital role that magnesium plays in managing chronic pain. Magnesium is needed for more than 300 biochemical reactions in the body. It helps to maintain normal nerve and muscle function, supports a healthy immune system, keeps the heartbeat steady, and helps bones remain strong. It also plays a role in maintaining blood glucose levels, and it aids in the production of energy and protein. And, as we'll discover today, plays an important role in the management of chronic pain. Welcome, Linda, and thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Jean. I'm excited. Well, me too. I've actually been wanting to have you on this podcast for some time now, so we finally get to do this. (laughs) Part of the reason why we are here today talking about magnesium is because there is an important gap we need to fill. Studies show that around half of the U.S. population consumes less than the recommended amount of magnesium from food. And considering an estimated 20.4%, that's 50 million U.S. adults, have chronic pain, chances are pretty good that there is a large portion of our chronic pain community that is magnesium deficient. So why is it, Linda, that our society is so deficient in magnesium?
1: Yes, so that is a great question. Because I mean, even a lot of my clients come to me and say, but I eat healthy, you know, I eat really great food. And um, I'm going to share two reasons on why it's not that simple anymore. Like we can't really be passive with our health these days. The first uh, thing I want you to really think about. So just right now picture in your mind what our typical grocery store looks like. So just picture it. So you know, there's like a million different aisles in the middle with packaged goods, right? That's probably takes up the majority of the space of a grocery store, right? And then there's the stuff around the side, the vegetables, the fruits, the meats, and the healthier sort of whole foods. Mm. And just having that visual in your mind explains one of the reasons people are deficient. So when we're eating more foods that are processed or refined, so those are the the items that you're getting in the package section, the middle aisles, you are, basically what happens is that is a food that is refined. So what we do is or manufacturers do is they basically take things out and they put things back in. And sometimes they put things back in, in a different proportion. So they might remove, for example, the, Uh, the fiber from, from grains, or they might refine our sugars Mm -hmm. and they might take minerals out. They might take some B vitamins out. They might take, um, you know, just different levels, magnesium um, Mm -hmm. out of some of our foods. And then what happens is when we're eating that incomplete food, the body has to digest it. And so what it often does is it, it will steal other minerals from the tissues to be able to digest and process that food that's kind of like one reason is we are just eating too many calorie high foods that are just nutrient deficient. Um, So that's the processed food to make matters even more challenging. the outside of the grocery store. Now our fresh foods and our vegetables and our fruits, they're actually lower in nutrition than they, they were, you know, even 40 years ago. Uh, And that can be due to our farming practices. So the soil is just not as rich. They don't rotate it like they used to do in the old days. And essentially we're growing, farmers are growing vegetables in dirt and they're using a higher number of pesticides and herbicides and all sorts of chemicals to, um, to manufacture these, these products. So, so even that the, the whole foods we're eating, they're just not hot as high in nutrition anymore. And so it's tough. Like it's tough to get all of the vitamins and minerals we need in a daily diet for those. Right. Right. There's actually a really neat um, documentary, if any of your listeners are curious about that whole soil depletion, and it's called uh, Kiss the Dirt. If you're looking, take a look okay. on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, it talks about that whole concept of like the farming
0: practices and how they've changed and how it's really impacting all of us. So. Right. And unfortunately, you're right that that is such a, a um, an interesting point that we don't tend to discuss, uh, whether it be in our food chain or a visit to the doctor's office, you don't necessarily know that unless you're going out to do the research yourself. Exactly, yeah. So Belinda, why would you suggest uh, magnesium deficiency looks like? The interesting
1: thing about magnesium is, as you mentioned, Dean, it's used for over like 300 different functions in the body. And so a deficiency can show up really different for different people, depending on the person, right? Right. So sometimes it can show up in your muscles. And so what you might notice is, do you ever get that like twitchy eye, (laughs) that that eye twitch you ever have that when you're tired? Sometimes that can be an indication of a magnesium deficiency or um, cramping legs, cramping Mm -hmm. legs, um, if you're cramping a little bit more often, like once in a while, it's fine, normal. But if you're cramping a little bit more often, that could be an indication that you're deficient. Restless legs um, yes. could be also, the inability to sleep well can also be um, an indication. And so let's talk about that mental health piece as well. It can also impact and mental health. So for example, increased levels of anxiety. And if you find that you're feeling like indifferent about things, like you just don't care about things, that can also be a symptom of magnesium deficiency. So that's pretty easy. Now, here's one thing that you really want to pay attention to is we talked about the fact that it helps calm muscles, right? So our muscles, if they're twitching, it it could be a deficiency, but think about it. Your heart is a muscle, right? Right. So you might notice an irregular heartbeat. And there's actually research that shows that some people who do have heart attacks um, have been shown to have low magnesium levels in their body. So we have Uh to keep that muscle healthy and soft and relaxed as well. It's It's a common mineral. So it helps with that. Oh, that's a good point point. and some some bigger um symptoms sort of like later stage are osteoporosis and even asthma mm-hmm. um oh and another little one that's interesting is craving chocolate so often we have cravings because we're deficient in certain minerals and one of them for magnesium is craving chocolate because you're craving that that cacao which is high in magnesium mm, which is great for the chocolate producers yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think i got the other some like fatigue and weakness that can be one, but that's, that's a hard one because it could be a whole bunch of different reasons for right. that. Yeah. Um, but migraines, you know, headaches, although that type of tension in the body
0: um, can be indication of low magnesium which I think is so important for our community to understand because so many of those things you've mentioned in there are really, you know, difficult challenges that are faced by our community Mm -hmm. are the restless leg syndrome, the not being able to sleep because they're woken up in the middle of the night due to cramps, Mm -hmm. headaches, migraines, of course, cravings. Absolutely. Yes. I think it's uh, one of those things that's overlooked so easily. You're right. And, and you're right, as we discussed earlier, before we pressed the uh, record button here today was that, it's not necessarily something you have time or your doctor would talk to you about. Mm -hmm. So this is where becoming your own self-advocate and really learning and reading and asking questions, this being one of them, what about magnesium is really uh, something we try to support here, a pain to possibilities. So Linda, what are um, some of the effects that medications are having on our magnesium levels?
1: Yeah, there are some known medications that can deplete the body of magnesium. And so this is something that, just like you were saying in terms of self advocating, I think that everyone really needs to get good at this is when your doctor gives you a medication, always, always, always ask about the side effects and if there's anything that you need to be aware of. Right. Doctors are busy and they don't always get to it. And, um, and I would say understanding it as well, like understanding what's going on in your body is going to make you more compliant Right. In, in following through and actually taking something as well. So, I mean, there's lots like PPIs, proton pump inhibitors are, are one of the most common ones, but there's, you know, you can ask your doctor and, or work with your pharmacist as well to ask about whether or not you need to supplement with magnesium if you're on a specific medication. But I think the key message here is that you just really need to always dig in and do your own research. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. And ask questions. And I know, unfortunately, sometimes, that's not always allowed, whether it be from time or whether it be from the physicians, perhaps. Not, and this might be a tough one, but not wanting to be questioned around, um, you know, the approach. So, great point, Linda. Yeah. So, another one of the key challenges that our community faces, of course, is sleep. Sleep is so elusive, and as we know all too well, is just one of those things that is a vital part of their overall well-being. So, how would you recommend? magnesium can impact positively or negatively if we're deficient uh, on sleep
1: yeah so magnesium it's not a sleep aid but it does help promote a restful sleep and it does that a few different ways so one of the ways is it it helps to calm your muscles so sometimes if you are holding on to tension in your muscles but you don't even realize it because maybe you've had that tension your whole life Mm -hmm. or for years and years and years you don't even know it's there uh, that takes up energy, and the magnesium just allows that muscle to to relax a little bit, so that you can then sleep, fall asleep easier. Right. It also um, increases GABA. So GABA is like a neurotransmitter in the brain. It's an amino acid that is like acts like a neurotransmitter in the brain, and it helps to calm the body down. And it's really important when it comes to stress. Right. So stress and magnesium is is an interesting connection because um, when you're stressed, you burn through magnesium faster. You burn okay. through more of it but you need magnesium to modulate or regulate the stress response. If that oh, makes it kind of like the chicken and egg scenario, you need, you know, the magnesium is really important when it comes to stress and you do need more of it.
0: right? Um,
1: so, and if you're, if you're in pain, you know, you're stressed, your body is stressed, whether you realize it or not, you are, you are experiencing a stress in your body. So you really do need that magnesium to help, you know, regulate that response and then to also relax those, those tight muscles.
0: Right. Oh, such a great point, Linda. And I think just when, since we're on the topic, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but I think the, just on tying into what you had just talked about, I think there's also another symbiotic relationship that's really important. And that's understanding the calcium and magnesium Mm -hmm. kind of relationship, because it sounds like calcium and magnesium work really well together. And if there is uh, too much calcium, that's going to more or less stimulate the muscles. Mm -hmm. And magnesium is really important for kind of regulating that.
1: Yeah. You know, think about, back to the grocery store example too like if you start looking at some of the products out there um you're going to see added calcium in pretty much everything right. and um, so we're getting a lot of calcium generally if we're eating like the standard american diet some processed foods and some whole foods right. and generally you need about like a two to one ratio to even get the calcium into your bones you need that magnesium you need vitamin k you need a few different things um, that work synergistically to better to, together to get that calcium into you and to work well. Now, if you have too much calcium it gets deposited into different areas of your body, your body d- it finds it hard to get rid of that hardening mineral. It's a hard mineral, whereas right. magnesium is like a softening mineral. And so that ratio is key. Like standard in American diet, people are probably getting about like 10 to 15 calcium to one magnesium when you need that two to one ratio. Right. So Often people do
0: need to just be a little bit more strategic with getting more
1: magnesium.
0: Right. And I think especially with the chronic pain community, we need to hear this message loud and clear yeah. that that imbalance is absolutely causing more pain when that calcium mm-hmm. is is more dominant. Than, yeah. Right. Then the well, it's, it's
1: hard, right? Because we've we've got this really strong messaging. Calcium, 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 oh, right? Yes. Calcium for years and years. yeah. Um dairy board was really strong and influential. And yeah, and it's sort of been drilled into our brains. And so it's it's hard to kind of
0: shift that belief set. Yeah, it's and, true. And there are no commercials for magnesium. There's all the commercials for, for yeah, magnesium, right? Yeah, yeah. So true. And I, this, we're not going to dig into this too much because it's a whole other podcast, but the whole idea of reducing your dairy for inflammation, I think probably ties in nicely to, uh, to this conversation as well. Mm-hmm. I'll have you back on for that conversation. Okay. for sure. <laughs> but um, okay, I guess just sort of to summarize a little bit, I think what's really amazing is that the research continues to, to support the use of magnesium in treating a multitude of chronic health conditions, such as migraines, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. nerve pain. And I really want to just highlight this one because, you know, if you are suffering from nerve pain um, after surgery or, or result of a procedure, you know, magnesium is one of those things that's a powerful piece. Anxiety, of course, with our chronic pain community, we have such a high level of anxiety. Mm -hmm. As as we know, chronic pain is one of the toughest things for a human to endure. Chronic fatigue syndrome, Lyme disease, fibromyalgia. It's uh, used intravenously in recovery after surgery. As Linda mentioned, leg cramps at night, diabetes, migraine headaches, complex regional pain syndrome, osteoporosis, restless leg syndrome, asthma... And the list goes on. So that is why we're really diving in today. So uh, Linda, uh, I know there are different forms of magnesium, different types of magnesium, but in your opinion, which one would you suggest is better for chronic pain?
1: Magnesium glycinate or bisglycinate is an excellent magnesium. It's not going to affect your bowel as much as some of the other ones on the market. Uh, Magnesium citrate is usually more available. You'll see that on the shelves a little bit more, but make sure you're getting that Glycinate, magnesium glycinate or bisglycinate, right? And is it obvious on the packaging? Yeah, you just turn over, and if you're a label reader, you'll get it. So make sure you read um, labels. And often there's a lot of CalMag supplements on the market, so you want to make sure that you're finding one that's just magnesium. Okay, yes, great point.
0: And knowing we have such a likelihood of deficiency is pretty high. (laughs) Can you get enough magnesium from food, or would you recommend uh, supplementation on top?
1: Yeah. So it's really hard to just, you know, make a recommendation because it it really does depend on the person. If you are strategic, sure, you could get enough magnesium, but you're going to be eating eating a lot of pumpkin seeds and whole foods and, and you're not going to be drinking alcohol and you're not going to be eating processed foods and you're not going to, you're going to be doing a lot of things very differently. So it's really hard to live so perfectly. Often a lot of my clients are supplementing uh, magnesium for that reason. But there are a lot of foods that you can um, get magnesium, things like, you know, pumpkin seeds are my favorite, because not everyone eats those, but they're very, very high in magnesium, mm-hmm. With almonds and um, cashews, nuts and seeds in general are fantastic, I and mean, chia seeds, flax seeds, dark green leafy vegetables are great for magnesium as well, as long as you're digesting it well, the key is to make sure that sometimes you eat it raw, sometimes you eat it cooked, so you're getting a yes. good balance of those minerals you can find them in whole grains as well. But the thing with grains and legumes, which they're also in, is that you want to make sure that you're soaking them or you're making it more digestible. Because those actually can be considered an anti-nutrient because of the phytic acid. And it could also help you know, cause a depletion of minerals if you're getting too much of it. Like I'm not saying avoid it completely, but some people do better if they're just focusing on sprouted grains and, um,
0: and legumes. Okay, excellent how much should we be taking every day?
1: According to the recommended daily intake, they suggest about 320 to 400 milligrams, 400 for males and 320 for women. Um, Unless you're pregnant and or nursing, at that case, it would be a little bit higher, 400. But again, that's just someone who's got a very stress-free life. Nothing's going on. You know, everything's good. You're digesting perfectly. You've got a nice, clean diet. So even going a little bit higher is is okay. So even going as high as 500, um, it depends on the person and what's going on. It's really hard to just do like a you know one size fits all measurement. But the RDI says 320 for women, okay. um, 400 for men.
0: Great. So Linda, when um our listeners are uh, if they're curious and concerned that they might be low in magnesium, is there a way that they can find out that they are low in magnesium? So for our listeners who might be concerned about their magnesium being a little low, uh, I'm assuming they could start right away. But if they wanted to talk to their talk to someone, how would they find out um, if they are deficient?
1: Yeah, so you can ask your doctor to test for it. um, Or you could work with a nutritionist and have them figure it out with you, because there is a lot you can learn through your body just by the symptoms. If we really start to pay attention to those little things, um, it's sending us messages all the time um, to check in, to, you know, rejig, to like, look at things closely. So there's a lot you can do through through symptoms because it's great to get tested through your doctor, but the problem is it's only going to show clinical deficiencies, which is really, really low. So you want to catch it before that, um, before it gets that low. And so trying to just be a little bit more strategic. And I would say probably the most important thing to do is first to believe that it matters. Um, Cause again, we act on what we really believe. So don't believe us, <laughs> go and do your own research, look up studies, really figure out that it makes sense to you. And then the second thing is to have a plan, plan out your days, plan out your weeks in terms of what you're eating, when you're eating it, how you're eating it. And it's gonna make a world of difference in meeting your nutritional needs. And um, and if you feel like you need to supplement, it's not a dangerous mineral, you know, it's very rare that you're going to overdose on magnesium.
0: I do find that the chronic pain community is pretty aware, self-aware in a lot of mm-hmm. respects, but when it comes to the nutrition side, I think we, uh, we have a little room to grow there. So thank you for bringing that message home that you know, self-advocacy here is really a key component. The more questions you ask, the more research you do. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you're right, paying attention to those signs and symptoms, So I want to say thank you so much, Linda, for being here and for your time and for your expertise. I think this was a really important topic for us to tackle. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Dina.